My name is Claudia. Um, I'm one of the pastors here at Berlin Church. And um, today it is my privilege to finish off the foundation series. This series has been going on for the last four weeks, five weeks. Today is the fifth week. And we try to cover all important foundations about the Christian faith because I think now is the time to strengthen foundations and maybe to renew them and to confirm our foundations of faith. And we heard about the Word of God. We heard about the Trinity. We heard about spiritual authority. We heard about the death and resurrection of Jesus, communion, the power of the blood. Today, forgiveness. And I want to finish off the series with the topic of the Great Commission. And let me tell you right in the beginning, this commission is greater than you can ever think. And it probably would take more than 20 plus minutes to cover this topic. But let me try to give us some basics here. And also, let me try to remind us that the Great Commission is given in a certain context and is linked to certain promises. And actually, it's not one commission. It's actually two. And we will unpack that during the next 20 minutes. And I pray that you will be attentive, that you listen, and that you let it sink in. And I think what I, what I want to start with this morning is to think about what a commission is. We need to know that. We need to know the definition of commission as the foundation of this message. So the Oxford Dictionary says, commission is an introduction command or role given to a person or group. And it also says that it is an entrustment of authority to a group by somebody in a higher position to do something specific. Let me say that again. A commission is an instruction, a command or role given to a person or group and it also is an entrustment of authority to a group of people to do something specific. And I think this is super important to understand because it first of all shows us that Jesus' commission is not a nice suggestion or a kind advice. It is a command, but this command is combined with authority to fulfill a certain task and therefore, the Great Commission not only gives us direction, it is a vital and crucial part of our identity and purpose as Christians. And it provides us with the power to actually do what Jesus calls us to do. And I want, us, I want you to keep that in mind as we look at the commissions now. I said in the beginning there are actually two. One of them is found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and the other one is found in Acts 1, verse 8. So let's start with Matthew. There, there we can read, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore, say therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then Acts 1, verse 8 says, But you will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses 
telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. These two passages actually are the final instructions of Jesus to his followers. And they don't contradict each other, but they add to each other and they complete each other so we can have a clearer picture of what Jesus calls us to do. So let's unpack them. The passage from Matthew, which was the first one we read, clearly points out that Jesus wants us to make disciples. And disciple simply is a word for student or follower. So Jesus calls his followers to make new followers by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching everything that Jesus has commanded. Now, when it comes to baptism, this is really powerful. Baptism is not an empty motion. It is a powerful ritual. And that we can see that in the passage because in the original Greek, it doesn't say in the name, but into, into the name. Into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that implements relationship. It implements a covenant. It implements also loyalty and commitment from both sides. So when we baptize, we actually confirm and confess our relationship or covenant with God. And not just with one of them, but with all three of them. Our relationship is not only with Jesus, who is the Son and Savior, but also with the Father, who is the ultimate judge and authority, and the Holy Spirit, who is the power of God inside of us. And we need all three. Jesus, he died for us so we can have forgiveness for our sins. And that's why the Father can fully accept us and love us unconditionally. But we need the Holy Spirit to live out our relationship with God. We need all three. And that's why baptizing the new followers is something very, very powerful. But baptism is only the first step. The second step is to teach the new followers everything that Jesus has commanded. And here it tends to get complicated because there's so much that Jesus commanded, did he? Well, I think when we sum it all up, in the end there are two commands left. And the first command is to love. To love God and our neighbor as we love ourselves. When Jesus was asked about the most important command, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love is what we are to teach first. Our love for God. And we can show our love for God by, by worshiping him. By advancing his kingdom. By living a life that honors his name. And also by loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's one way how we can show our love for God. And loving our neighbors as ourselves excludes destructive behavior towards ourselves or towards others. But it includes everything that we can read in 1 Corinthians 13, 
four to seven. And now the phone is not opening, so let me try it without. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it does not rejoice in injustice. But it is happy when justice wins out. Love never gives up, never fails, and is always there for us. That's the love we are to show to each other. That's the love that Jesus commands us to do. And he also said in John 13, 34, a new command I give to you. Love each other. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And when we love like Jesus loved, that includes to pray for one another, to be there for one another, to heal, to set free, to encourage, to be generous, and to serve each other. So the first thing we need to teach is love. Because Jesus commands us to love God and our neighbor as we love ourselves. And the second thing Jesus commands actually is the Great Commission. To baptize and to teach and to make new disciples. That's it. So Matthew 28 says that Jesus wants us to help his followers, uh, wants us to make new followers, and he wants us to baptize them into a relationship with the triune God, and then he wants us to teach them how to love God, how to love one another, and then to teach them also how they can make new followers themselves. That's the Great Commission. The only question left now is, how do we make new followers? How do we win people to follow God? And here, Acts 1 verse 8 provides the answer. You will be my witnesses telling people about me. So the way to help others to follow Jesus is to be his witnesses. And being a witness is not complicated. You don't need to have a New Testament, a, a degree in New Testament theology. The only thing you need to know is who Jesus is, what he has accomplished, and how you personally have experienced who he is and what he has accomplished. See, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior. He came to earth to die for the forgiveness of our sins, to rise from the dead, to bring us eternal life, and then to take his seat in a place of highest authority. And when we put our faith in Jesus we can enter an eternal relationship with God. When we put our faith in Jesus, turn from our own ways, follow his, we can enter an, an eternal relationship with God. See, that's the who and the what. And the rest is the unique story that God has ordained for you. Your story. God has given you a story. He has given you a story how he has saved you but also how he has brought you through, how he has healed you, how he has provided for you, how he has set you free. God has given you a story, and you can share the story with others so they can understand that there is a God in heaven, and that they are loved, and that there is hope, and that they can get saved, and that they can start a new life as well. That's what it means to be a witness. So, to sum the Great Commission up is, Jesus tells us to be his witnesses. 
telling other people how we have experienced that he indeed is the savior so they can become his followers. And once they put their faith in Jesus, we are to baptize them as a confirmation and confession of their new relationship with God. And then we are to teach them how to love God and others as we love ourselves. And then we teach them how they can be witnesses for Jesus and tell others how they have experienced that he indeed is the Savior so more and more people can get saved and baptized and taught. That's the great commission. That's our job. That's a vital part of our identity and purpose. And the Great Commission is not just for pastors and leaders. It's for all followers of Jesus. And when you are a follower of Jesus this morning, the Great Commission is for you. And that's why this commission is a foundation for our lives. And I'm pretty aware that all of this can be a bit overwhelming, right? But remember, I told you in the beginning, the Great Commission is not given in a vacuum. It stands in a certain context and it is connected to certain promises. And the context of the Great Commission is community. Fulfilling the Great Commission is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. Jesus didn't give his commission to only one of his followers. He gave it to all of them and that means we are all called together to fulfill the Great Commission, everyone doing their part. The Great Commission is about the us. It's about community, and yes, it is about the church. In the Bible, we can clearly see that. Like everywhere people shared their testimony, their story, became witnesses. That's where the places where churches popped up, as the place where people got baptized and taught. And then more and more churches were born out of these churches because the new believers shared their story in their sphere of influence and beyond. We can see that first on Pentecost. But when you read through the book of Acts, it's there everywhere. It's in the New Testament letters. And it is until today that everywhere where people share testimonies, churches are built the Great Commission is for community. It's for church. It's a team sport. Because we need each other to encourage one another and remind one another that Jesus gave us this job to do, right? And we also need each other to remind one another that we don't need to fulfill the Great Commission on our own. We don't. <laughs> yes, the Great Commission is a, big, is a big job, probably the biggest job ever given. But we cannot forget that we serve a big God and that his power in us is exceedingly abundantly bigger than we can ever ask or imagine. It is his power that enables us. See, Matthew 28 starts and ends with a promise. And Acts 1 verse 8 talks about the empowerment of God. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, say therefore, go and make disciples and be sure I will be with you even to the end of the age. But you will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you will be my witnesses. 
God never commands us something to do without empowering us to do it. And as much as the Great Commission means responsibility, it also means authority and it means promise. We have to promise that Jesus, who sits in the highest place of authority, is with us as we go and make disciples. And we have, we, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. God made sure we have everything to fulfill his commission. I mean, you are here because people took the Great Commission seriously. You are here because somebody shared with you about their faith, being a witness to you sharing their story. That's why you are here. But now it's our turn. It's our turn to be witnesses. It's our turn to influence this generation. It's our turn to baptize and to teach and to empower. So this message can be shared in the next generation and in the next and in the next and in the next. And I know that in a place like Germany, this feels like a hard thing to do. It feels like starting from scratch. But guess what? For the first followers, it was hard as well. They started from scratch. And look what they have accomplished. Even 2,000 years after Pentecost, the church is still alive. Is the church alive? Are you alive this morning? The church still stands. The church is still alive. Jesus is still worshipped. People still know about him. People still get saved through testimonies shared by others every day. People get changed every day. People come alongside Jesus to walk with them to fulfill the Great Commission, but not in their own power, in the power of the Holy Spirit who casts out all fear, who gives the right words at the right time, who gives us boldness and courage and a sound mind. That's all we need. That's all we need to fulfill the Great Commission in our generation. So let's take on the authority that Jesus has given us. Let's step into our calling. Let's step into the Great Commission together as a church in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing Jesus is with us every single day until the end so we can reach this generation for God. So the next can be reached. And again, the next and the next. And the story will go on until he will return one day. Amen? Amen. And I know Jesus is talking to you. He is knocking on your heart. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this moment pass. Allow him to encourage you anew. Allow him to talk with you, to speak with you, to give you direction and to empower you anew. Give you courage. Allow him to activate you for his work. And I want to pray right into that. So if you would stand to your feet, let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you, God, that you never give us something to do that we cannot do. You want us to succeed, not just for ourselves, but also for, for those who are yet to be saved. It's on your heart that people find you and get saved from eternal death to eternal life. And thank you, God, that you always have empowered your church to go and make disciples. And Jesus, I pray that you empower us anew 
If you put some, if you are knocking on the heart of somebody, if this is you, open up, open up. So Jesus, I pray right now that you fill us anew with the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray God that you give us clarity about your great commission. And God, I pray that you give us the courage and the heart to go, to, to make it our own and to walk in the authority that you have given us. Thank you, God, <laughs> that we can be your co-workers, that you trust us with this. <laughs> so Lord, help us to, to take it, make it our own, empower us, cast out fear, encourage us. Touch our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.